The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. I'm so excited to announce Dear Media's first ever daily show, Good Instincts. If you've ever found it challenging to eat thoughtfully while juggling a busy schedule, then this show is for you. Instead of aiming to simply eat healthier, we'll focus on tips and mindset shifts that streamline the process. Because balance is key. And the less complicated, the better. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I have Amanda Diaz. She is a beauty creator and influencer, and she has been creating content for eight years. She started on YouTube and then really grew on TikTok, where she grew a couple million followers just in the beginning of her TikTok career. So in this episode, we talk about how she got her start, her strategy on TikTok and YouTube, and how she plans her content based on different platforms and how to be more comfortable and authentic. If you guys want to hear from Amanda, keep listening and don't forget to subscribe to my podcast because I've got new episodes every Tuesday. So my first question is, where did you grow up and when did you come to the US? Okay, so this is something a lot of people don't know about me and I'm trying to talk about it more because I feel like my newer audiences are still kind of getting to know me, but I was born in Cuba. I was born in Havana and I grew up there up until... 2006. I was six years old. We moved to the U.S., which was a really crazy story in itself. But it was definitely adjustment, I think, when I moved here. And then when you moved here, did you move with your entire family or do you still have family there? So I moved with my parents and my little sister. And we, my grandparents had the option to come with us, but my dad's older brother wanted to stay for God knows what reason. So they decided to stay. So it was, it was just us four. I haven't been back to Cuba since 2019. Okay. And I went for the first time and we did not tell my family at all. And we recorded the reaction and like the screams. It was so emotional. I think like everyone cried. Amazing. So now that you're creating content online, how do you weave in, you know, where you're from into your content? Because I saw you recently went to the White House, which is incredible. You're posting more about your family. I think authenticity is something that's so important right now in the content that's I guess, coming out and what really is a best practice. I think as the internet has adjusted and grown over time, I think now, especially on TikTok and all of the newer platforms, being real is something that is so relatable. And you don't want to feel like you're too out of touch. And if I'm going to be on a platform and sharing about my life, I'm going to share what's important to me. And that's my family, my culture, where I'm from. And I started out in the beauty space. And as grateful as I am for that, I don't want to ever limit myself to one category. I think there's so much about me that's interesting. And I think you as a creator can agree that it's it's really like not a good thing to limit yourself ever. So I always try and just be real online. And I think it was really scary for me at first because I only ever just did beauty content. I never really talked about my life or my personal life until I think later on in high school, I started vlogging about going to school and like my life and people loved it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I wasn't expecting this reaction. I didn't think people would really like me. And it's always scary to put yourself out there just because, you know, that's, it's, it's your true essence. It's your true self. And that, what if people don't like me? What if people won't accept me? Like what, what if I'm annoying? It's all those things that run through your head. But 
I've noticed some of my favorite creators that I tend to gravitate towards on TikTok or on whatever platform, it's literally just because they're so authentic. And I think that's something I encourage everyone to be, either if you're on the internet or not. I think just being real. How do you have boundaries around being authentic online, but having boundaries of like, okay, but this is my personal life and I'm choosing to share some things, but I don't want to share everything because I've noticed a shift in your content where you're like, okay, this is what I want to share. Yeah. And these are the boundaries or that because it is our personal life. Totally. Because if you share everything, then there's no off time. Yeah. So I think it's definitely tricky just because obviously we live such public lives. I'm sure you can agree. And I think when I got on TikTok, I feel like my supporters have always been very respectful to my boundaries on YouTube, on Instagram. I feel like TikTok, it's a little bit more invasive. Not that I'm angry about it at all. I just think I have never experienced that kind of exposure. And especially when I started dating someone that was very publicly known and someone that has a huge platform as well and has his own history and supporters. And, you know, so when Keo, my boyfriend and I started dating, we were very public about it. It was very exciting, but we didn't share it all at first. I think we dated privately for four months until we decided it was something that was going to be something, you know, that was going to stick and it, it worked out. And we were friends for a long time, but I think it got to the point where there's a lot of pressure around having a public relationship. And if you don't post your boyfriend every day, people freak out. And that's like my thing. Like, if I don't post Keo for a week, they're like, oh my God, did you guys break up? No. Like, I just think I I am not just my relationship online, which goes back to that is not the only part of my identity. I am so much more than that. And that is not how I started on the internet. And I think separating yourself from your relationship is also important and making time for your friends, making time for other things and sharing other things. It can't just all be about that. But people get really excited and I understand the excitement. It's really cute and being in love and, you know, being a role model for younger people or people our age that are watching us. But it, there is a lot of pressure. And Dixie was talking about this recently, too. And I, I really agree with her. There is a lot of pressure. So I think the more offline we keep it, the better. But I do share things because I'm like, I love my boyfriend. I love sharing that part of my life. But I think definitely recently I've had to set a few boundaries. And I think for the most part, people are very accepting. Yeah. I like even I made a response video a few weeks ago and I, I took it down after an hour because it was getting a lot of traction. I was like, oh, people are not going to take this well. But, you know, it, it comes with the territory. I also think like social is our job. And so what you don't want to do is be reliant on a relationship or yeah. a somebody else where you feel like you need this other person in your content for it to perform well because you want it to live well on its own that people want to come see you to talk about your favorite beauty products or your vlogging or whatever that it's not reliant on. It's only going to perform if this person is in 100%. And I think that's also something that we've talked about because obviously like our couple content does really well, but I never want them to rely or to just come to me for that. And I think that's a conversation Keo and I had because there was a moment in time where we would just make a lot of funny videos because we like, you know, we like we mess around. We're always saying jokes and funny stuff and like my drafts are hilarious, but I think also it's important to not just flood your content with that just because for me, I don't want people to just come to me for that. I have so much more to offer than just my relationship. And I think 
when you become reliant on your partner for content and for views, it starts to affect the relationship. I've seen it happen to a lot of people, unfortunately. And I never want to look at my partner as someone that I'm going to monetize off of because that's not what my relationship is about. I think we have a really beautiful relationship and partnership and we're life partners. You know, that's something that's important to me. But you never want to let that get in between your relationship and you never want to just look at your partner as something you're going to use for views because I never want to look at Kiyo and think about that or vice versa. Let's take a quick break to talk about hair. So I definitely change up my products depending on what's happening seasonally because I am definitely affected by what's happening in the weather around me if I'm traveling and that really goes for my skin, my scalp, my hair and then especially if I'm styling my hair more often than usual. The other day my scalp was so dry and I went to go grab Way Scalp Serum and it instantly helped my hair. Whatever's in the serum, this is magic because it instantly made my scalp just feel so much better and you guys can also start thinking about holiday shopping because hair care and beauty gifts are really the best gifts during the season to give the gift of healthy hair. And I just love that Waze products actually work. Like the other day when my scalp was bothering me, I had the scalp serum and it fixed it instantly. Or if my hair just needs a little extra help, then that's when I use the detox shampoo or it's feeling tangled and dry, then the leave-in conditioner is great for me. Anytime my hair needs a reset or there's a problem that I have, I know that I can go and use it and that instantly my hair just feels and looks so much better afterwards. The leave-in conditioner and detox shampoo are just always a part of my hair routine, especially in the winter with weather that's dry and just all the heat styling I'm putting on my hair. And if you guys are doing some holiday shopping, try the Way Better Together kit. It's a full-size leave-in conditioner and a full-size detox shampoo for just $40. Discover all the ways to share joy this holiday season. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com slash Mariana15 to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com slash Mariana15. How old were you when you started on YouTube? I had just turned 15. I had been dying to start a YouTube channel. I was obsessed with YouTube. And I think it comes a lot from being an immigrant. When I moved to the U.S., I dealt with a lot of struggles, learning a new language, adjusting to this new country, being in school and all those things. And I really used YouTube as an escape. I would just sit on my dad's computer. I had nothing else to do all day after school. So I would watch a lot of YouTube videos and I was just so fascinated with people's lives. I mean, I had no idea about anything regarding America at all. And I I started growing up here, obviously. And then I I remember when I hit like middle school, I really started to watch YouTube videos and I was fascinated with these girls' lives. And I'm really fortunate to call a lot of them my friends now, which is like crazy 360 full circle moment. And then I ultimately just knew that I wanted to do that one day. And it was so inspiring to see what they were doing on the platform. YouTube was so not a thing back then, by the way. Like it was literally like an ugly little search bar. And I ultimately saved up enough to buy a camera and I started recording and it was in 2015. And what kind of content did you first start posting? So beauty content, I think, was my thing because Maya and I used to stutter like from how nervous I was to be on camera. It was not cute. So I would do silent videos with music over them for the most part. I would do an intro and an outro, but I would just put music and do a voiceover or write out on text what I was doing because I was just so nervous to talk on camera. And then little by little, I started to get more comfortable with it. And ultimately, I started YouTube because my best friends really encouraged me at the time. What good friends. Really good friends. One of my best friends of like 10 years. 
she's she's incredible. She was the one that ultimately like pushed me to do it. And there was a lot of moments where I almost gave up. High school was really tough. YouTube got to the point where it got really big. And my YouTube channel kind of took off in the middle of high school, like my sophomore year. And a lot of people did not receive it really well. It was really weird. And I think something that I read, and it was really hard for me to accept that like a lot of my friends weren't going to support me during this time. A lot of people that come from the same place as you, when they see you doing something, I think it's an inner thing with themselves that they're like, why am I not doing this? And I think a lot of people forget to realize, and this is not that it's happened to me, but I'm like, oh, that's amazing. This is happening for this other person. But like, hopefully my time comes. And I think everyone's journey is so different. And your your moment will come, you know, like you'll do something amazing and it'll change your life. But maybe this is not the moment for you. So when that happened to me, a lot of my friends turned their backs on me. I think I had like two or three friends in high school that like still loved me and I had to leave school. Obviously, I was traveling a lot. And it was tough because a lot of those friends were like, you should start a YouTube channel and teach us how to do your eyeliner and stuff. And then I was like, oh, wow, like I'm doing what you guys said and you you, you don't want me like to do it anymore. So it was really weird. It's definitely an adjustment. I think a lot of people are probably feeling the same way. I see it a lot on TikTok. Like I really want to start a so channel scared. and I'm so scared. So how do you get over that to, you know, now you have an amazing career. But what if you would have listened to those friends then and like been embarrassed and stopped doing it? So how can people power through Totally. those challenges. I mean, look at Addison, Dixie, and Charlie. Everyone thought TikTok was cringe like a few years ago. And look at them now. Like they're doing amazing things. And even Keo, like that age of the internet, TikTok was really looked down upon. I think it was definitely something that held me back for a year. And I, I mean, I don't regret it. I have no regrets in my life. But I'm like, wow, I wish I would have started like a year earlier. YouTube was really kicking back then. And I think I let fear control me for that one year until I ultimately decided I am not going to let other people's opinions of me dictate what I want to do with my life. I think we all have goals and we all have dreams and we only have this one life. We're, we're living this one life experience at the moment. And why are we going to sit around and allow people to control what we want to do? At the end of the day, these people have no control over you. And even my own parents, when I started, they didn't understand it. It's it's such a tough concept, like the internet. And at, especially at that time, it's like, get off your phone. Like, what are you doing with this camera? Like, you know, it's it's one of those things. But I ultimately just had to realize, Amanda, don't do it for anyone else but yourself. If this is what you want to do, no one has to understand it but you. And it worked out. And it worked out really well. And you have this Look incredible career. You end up at the White House. Thank you. <laughs> so it's crazy. Okay, so you had YouTube. You were on there for a few years. What year did you get on TikTok? So right before COVID hitting, I just kept seeing it online. And I think I, I want to remember correctly, it was around November of the year before COVID hit. It's like 2018. 2000, yeah, 2019. Yeah, because like, I downloaded TikTok in October of 2019. And at the time, it was like just I started to see videos so of Charlie. And it was like a couple videos of her. And then it's like her sister came in and they're like, wait, there's two of them. And yeah. it was just like, I used to just watch it at the time. And I was just consuming the content because I didn't know what I should be posting on there yet. Yeah, it's tough. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, here we go. Another platform. It's like, be real now is a thing. I only keep be real for my friends. So. Same. <laughs> but I got TikTok on, in 2019 and I was going through a really rough breakup at the time. Like the first ever heartbreak. You know, those are the worst. And I was just making jokes about it. 
probably shouldn't have made so many jokes about it, but people really connected with it. Again, the authenticity of it. I had gotten cheated on and I was talking about it and, you know, dealing with it and how hard it was for me and making jokes at the same time. But a lot of people connected about it. And I did not promote my TikTok anywhere. I, at this time, it was like not something to flex about, I feel like. So I, I think I grew 2 million on TikTok before I even shared it anywhere. My, my supporters on TikTok, like a lot of them, like did not know I did YouTube. They, it was like a whole thing that I cultivated pri- privately <laughs> to 2 million people. And then people started hearing about it. So I started talking about it on my Instagram and my YouTube. But that was definitely not something I was like cross-promoting until I think. And I, I gained it really quickly. At that time, you can gain like a million followers in a month. It was yeah, like crazy. it was a crazy time. On, now, on it's, now it's more competitive and it's tougher. But I still think you have a fair shot if you get on it. Again, like Eric, the Titus sisters are my favorite right now on TikTok. I am obsessed with Kirsten and Erica. And they're so authentic. Like they post about their interests, things that a lot of people wouldn't, you know, un- like know about. Or like, I don't know. I just think they're so cool. They're also really good at storytelling. Oh like, my I'll gosh. I'll watch the whole story because they're so I'll animated, just, the way that they're like talking about they it. They can come through for hours. Yeah, like I, I can watch them do that for hours. And I, like I said, Chris Olsen. Yeah. It's just the authenticity of things. You talk about it and you're real. And I think that's really where content is shifting towards. And I think also not limiting yourself to one category. I've seen it happen. A lot of people start with one niche and then they share more things about their lives. And it does really well. Okay. So when you started on TikTok, you were talking about a former relationship. How did you s- switch from, okay, I'm going to start sharing this page publicly to start like beauty and like more of your like lifestyle? So TikTok for me was definitely a joke. I wasn't taking it seriously. Like no one really knew how to monetize the platform. It was not something that was like happening. I think I made like two or three videos about that. And then I just started doing the funny audios because during that time, a lot of people did audios and dance trends. And I'm a terrible dancer. And I was I was doing it for fun. And I think definitely at the time, I wasn't really, I would do, I think I did like two beauty videos at the time. But I, I was doing everything on the platform. And it was so fun. And especially when COVID hit, I was like, what am I going to do with my life now? Like, I'm stuck at home. So I remember I was pushing out a YouTube video a day. And I was posting on TikTok every single day. Like three a day. That's my thing on TikTok. I try and post two or three videos a day. Which is a lot. But there's really funny trends. And there's really funny things you can do. And like, for example, right now, I'm on a book kick. I'm obsessed with reading. And... I didn't realize my followers were so into that and they want me to talk about my favorite books and different things like that. I'll cook like it's it's random. It's that's the beauty of it. You can do whatever you want. So how are you thinking about your content on YouTube versus TikTok? Like what are you posting on each platform? So I'm feeling really inspired with YouTube right now. Weirdly enough, um, I have moments where I will take a break for a week or two, which you're like, that's not really a long time. But I've been on the platform for eight years. It changes constantly. People love my vlogs. And I think, imagine, I don't really post beauty videos on YouTube that much anymore. I just put them in my vlogs. My vlogs have everything in them. I like feed the masses with it. Like I give you a little bit of everything. So I post vlogs. I had a really rough mental health week, like two, three weeks ago. Before Paris Fashion Week, I literally broke down. I experienced really bad burnout, which is something that obviously as a creator, this happens to everyone. And I just sat down and was really vulnerable. And 
just literally was crying and talking about it. And I'm like, you're gonna really cry on camera, Amanda. Like, you're so embarrassing. But a lot of people connected with it and you're like, anyone can deal with burnout in their lives and in school and in different things. And again, going back to that authenticity, which is why people like Emma Chamberlain are like Emma Chamberlain to me is that trailblazer of authenticity because she's so real. And I adore Emma. I think she's such an incredible creator. And I think she also does a great thing with boundaries. She overshares what she wants, but like, for example, her relationship is very private. And even though everybody knows, it's just private, not like, but not secret. Yeah. And she's, I, I just, she's so great. I love her. Yeah. I think her content's amazing. What she's been able to do with her career. I like the YouTube break she took and then came back and was like, this is the kind of video I'm going to share now. And it seems authentic to her. But then she's still drinking coffee, which ties into Doing the brand thing, yeah. without talking about the brand. And I love it. As we get into the holiday season, especially the new year, there's a lot of things that are always on my mind. So you guys know I love to gratitude journal in the morning. I'm working on my New Year's intentions and things I want to think of for myself. And I love to have daily reminders around me of words that I care about, mantras I want to say, things that I always want to keep top of mind for myself. And I know if you're working towards something or if you just need a daily reminder, it's hard to sometimes remember those things. So it's nice to give the gift of words and you can keep these words on your wrist every day. Little Words Project is the original word bracelet founded on the belief of being kind to yourself and others. Little words are made to be worn, loved, and one day passed on to someone who needs that word of encouragement more than you do. And the best part, each bracelet has a unique code on the tag that you can register on their website so you can track where your bracelet goes as it inspires from wrist to wrist. I would definitely go to the site and check some out for yourself. But a few that I love are ones that say good energy that has an evil eye on it. One that says boy mom, which is really cute. Kindness, you got this. There's so many cute ones in here. But what I love is that you guys can customize them too. Regular and custom bracelets make great gifts for everyone on your list this holiday season at an amazing price. Want to empower yourself and spread kindness to others with the original word bracelet? Well, we have a special offer for my listeners. Go to littlewordsproject.com slash Mariana or enter Mariana at checkout for 30% off your first order. It's the best offer you can get limited time only. That's littlewordsproject.com slash Mariana for 30% off your first order. You can also find Little Words Project at Target, Nordstrom, or one of their flagship stores. Thanks, Little Words Project. Mental health week. You had this really terrible week. What do you do? when you're just not feeling great? So I think this year has been a year of adjustment for me in a really positive way. I have a whole new team now. It's a whole thing. It's great, but a lot of really cool things are happening. And I don't think I've ever been used to my schedule being this like intense. And the thing with our job, you have to have a lot of discipline and you have to really like schedule yourself and pace yourself. And with our work, you don't ever know when to turn it off. My head's always shifting gears and I love what I do, which is why I like really put my all into it and I dedicate so much time. And I definitely have had to realize, Amanda, you you do need to take a day off every once in a while, take a break. And that's not something I'm okay with doing because I always feel like I'm not doing enough. And from the outside, it may look like I'm doing all these things, but in my head, I'm like, no, you've come this far. You need to do everything like you know, so for me, I like had a breakdown about Paris. Like I had a really terrible day planning this trip. Like, so I just broke down about it. I felt really defeated and I'm going to therapy now, which is so helpful. And I didn't really understand how positive that would impact my life. But 
just confiding in a friend about it before I had a therapist. Like not everyone has money to throw for a therapist. It's expensive stuff. So I, you know, I have my best friends and I try not to dump all my things on my best friends, but I feel like we carry each other's loads sometimes and we vent to each other and we share how we're feeling. And I have a really great support system, which is really important, especially in whatever you do in life. So just being able to confide in someone about your struggles, get it out of your system, have a good cry. It's energetic release. I think it's really important. Have a self-care moment, take a long bath, do a face mask and just sleep. I feel like I don't sleep enough either. So that's my version of self self-care. And that's what I did in the video. I saw that you were staying up all night recently and not sleeping because you're reading books. <laughs> this is my other problem. Like I have so much do it during the day. And then I'm also like, oh my gosh, I need to start a book club. <laughs> it happened last night. I mean, the night before last night, I read an entire book in one sitting because I don't have a lot of free time during the day to read. So when I get home and I want to unwind, I'm like, I'll start a few pages. I'll, and then halfway through the book, just a few more pages. And then it's three in the morning. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. This is out of control, man. You need to go to bed. I know it's really hard. But I think being a creator, we have a scarcity mindset because it's not a typical job where you know for sure you're going to make this salary a year. So it's hard for us because I think you're like, okay, well, I have to say yes to this event or this thing because you always want to stay at the top of where you are. And then you don't want to say no to jobs or opportunities because you're like, well, I don't know what's going to happen next. And so I think that's why we experience burnout because nothing in our career is guaranteed. Nothing. And I think also this fear of like being forgotten. It's so weird, but it's a real thing. And a lot of people deal with it in this line of work. It's like, if I don't post for a week, what's going to happen? Like, I can't just like drop, you know, dead for a week and not post on YouTube or Instagram or whatever. And I, I, I remember during winter break last year, I went to visit my parents and I went offline for a week. I like put myself to the test. I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to post. I, I did five days. I didn't do the full week. I couldn't do it. But I think taking some breaks is good. And I have this mindset that I need to constantly be pushing out content. And it's it's like we don't have hours. We don't clock out ever. We're in it, you know. And even if I'm on vacation and I'm on vacation, I want to post about my vacation. Because, I mean, it's not just because content, I need to push it out. But, like, I want to share that. Like, I'm doing this cool thing, guys. Like, this is such a good resort. Our waiter was so nice. Like, I don't know. It's So, I think definitely just balancing mm -hmm. it. And then right now, do you have a schedule of how often you post on TikTok and YouTube? So, on TikTok, it really depends on the trends and what's going on. I do do a lot of videos where it's not a trend. I just talk. Which… I really recommend because there's a lot of funny people that just blew up on the platform in the past year really quickly just by just being themselves. And I think a lot of people get scared about that. They're like, oh my God, I'm so scared. Like, what are people going to think? You just have to like buzz them out. Like, you can't think about that. So I post at least once a day, but I do have moments where I won't post for a day or two because I'm like burnt out. But Two to three is my sweet spot. He'll post once a day. And then YouTube, I try and do once a week. I'm trying to push it to two now. I used to do twice a week. For four years, I did that. Wow. Twice a week. That's so much content. That's a lot. And like 20, 30-minute blogs, by the way. And I have an editor, and that's really helpful for my YouTube stuff because I really want to give my viewers the best content, and I want it to be very well done. So 
My editor, Connie, is amazing. She does such a great job. We're doing once a week right now. And then YouTube, uh, Instagram, girl, that's like every day. Stories and then feed posts once a week minimum. Okay. And then you said that you used to have like fears about being on camera. So you wanted to do music. And I think a lot of people feel that way now, especially with TikTok. Because I think on Instagram, you can post a photo. So it doesn't feel so like you have to put yourself out there. But how can you get more comfortable being on video in, on TikTok. You don't have to post the things that you record. I literally, I think what helped me the most was just sitting in front of the camera, pressing record and talking. And I never, those videos never went anywhere. I just literally just started to practice enunciation. I would speak really low. You have to project your voice a little bit. It was weird. I think the first few years, my friends were like, you have a YouTube voice. You don't sound like that. I was like, what do you mean? Because I would put on this like high-pitched voice and it would help. I don't know why the psychology of this, it helped me so much with talking on camera. It was almost like not a persona because that was me, but I would speak differently. I don't know. It was like a clean cut, cookie cutter voice. But now I just speak normally. I, I'm so used to this already that it's like, you know. Okay. So now you have an entire team of people, the busiest you've ever been, the brand of Amanda. What are you thinking about the longevity of your career? Like, what do you want to do? I mean, like I said earlier, I feel like I have a lot of different things that I can offer. I think acting is something that I'm really passionate about and I'm, I'm working towards that. I'm doing the classes. I'm doing all the things. And I've never talked about this, but I've been making music, music since I was nine years old with my dad. I come from a very musical family. I just ordered two guitars. I haven't played guitar in like two years or three years. And I think that's something maybe I'll dive into. I've been so afraid of it. I think it was like a big insecurity of mine. I don't know why. I like I had a friend growing up that would always tell me I wasn't good enough for music and it like really got in my head. But I'm taking my own advice and just thinking like, you know what? I have to do this for myself if I want to do it. So that's something I definitely want to dive into. And just being a business owner, which I really respect you for. Thank I think you. you've done such a great job with Summer Fridays. I think there's just so much that, I want to do. And I, I think I have such a great team that can help me get there and do the things that I need to do. So, which is why I think I've been so busy. I'm, I want to do it all because if I have this opportunity, I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to do everything I can. Any friends, creators, peers whose careers you look up to? I really admire Addison, which I mean, you saw us in Paris. Yeah. You ran into us at lunch. I think she's done such a phenomenal job branding herself and she has such a great team around her. And I really admire her as a businesswoman, as a creator, as an artist. I really admire her. I, I think she's amazing. I'm trying to think. Her songs are also so catchy. I know, right? I love them. I, I was like, when are you going to release your unreleased stuff? Yes. <laughs> I think Dixie's done a really great job with her music, too. I, I think, like, the D'Amelio family in general. So smart. <laughs> genius. Like, they're so good at what they do. And I like Charlie's new song, too. I know. And I feel like they really took the opportunity and they saw when they were big on the platform before people were really taking TikTokers. They took initiative. Yeah, they took initiative. They went and got an amazing team. They came out to L.A. They set themselves up for success. And then now it's like they've done so many incredible things. And like being on Dancing with the Stars, it's like it's such an that incredible. That was so genius. It was so smart of both of them. And I love seeing both of them on the show, too. So I love what they're all doing. I also love them all as an entire family. I just think they're so cute. I love the support system. I think having your parents in LA is a gift. I'm really lucky that I didn't rise to 
quote unquote fame or whatever when I was that young because I have seen it here. A lot of kids come here, they grow really fast. They're living in these content houses and doing all these things. I mean, my boyfriend came from a content house, like the biggest, like one next to Hype that was the boy version of Hype House. And imagine just a bunch of teenagers unsupervised with a lot of money. It's a scary thing. And a lot of bad things can come of it if you're not, you know, raised right or you're not, you know, being responsible or thinking straight. But at the same time, you're a teenager. So I'm really grateful that I had a slow growth. And at the time, it it could have been frustrating for people. Like for me, I'm like, wow, like I've been doing this for a long time. Like, I am so glad that it happened that way because I think I've grown up very responsibly and I've had great mentors. I've had great people around me that have really helped me become the woman that I am today because it's scary to come here and rise to fame that quickly. You don't know what to do. So I think Mark and Heidi really protected the girls and I think they've done such a great job. They're not girls anymore. They're like full grown women now and it's great. And I I think Charlie was really inspiring. Like knowing how scary that was for her, Mm -hmm. I can relate. It's so scary to put yourself out there in such a vulnerable song like that. And I, I really admire her for it. Same. And then for people who are listening that admire you and want to have a career like yours, what advice would you give them? Maybe they're creating content already. How can they take their career as a creator to the next level? I think there's so many things I can say. It really depends on what you want to do. But I think the biggest advice I could give anyone is do not limit yourself to one thing. I think us as people, we're such complex creatures and we have so much to offer. I think consistency is the most important thing. If I would not have been as consistent, I might not be here right now. And I know there's a lot of people that are overqualified or underqualified. It doesn't matter. As long as you're consistent, you can get somewhere. Because you can be so talented. And I've seen this happen to people that I know that we started out in the same place. And then I kept up the consistency, but they would post once a month and they would drop it. And because of fear, like, oh, I don't know, like you really need to believe in yourself and you have to genuinely believe that you can achieve it. I think I'm very big on manifestation. I've manifested my whole life. You have to truly believe that you can accomplish it and that you can get there. You have to be like, yeah, I'm going to get there. It's a matter of time. It's going to happen at the right moment. And I think everything in my life is going to shift into what I want to do next. And I think that is a scary thing because I have some goals that I'm like, damn, that's scary. Like, that's a big one, Amanda. Are you sure you can do it? But you have to just realize, like, I'm living this existence. Right now is the time to do it. I think consistency and truly believing you can do it and manifesting it to happen think we all have that ability. If you are prepping for this holiday season and you have a lot to do on your to-do list, definitely check out Macy's to get it all done. So if your to-do list includes baking gingerbread houses and decking the halls for the holidays, then turn your home into a winter wonderland with their festive decor, classic collectibles, and retro lights. Plus, they've got everything you need to make the perfect cocktail for your next toast. This is me because I'm actually hosting Christmas for the first time ever. And I was just posting the other day on Instagram. I'm like, I need to get a dish set. I need to like get everything set for the table because I want it to be so memorable and special and beautiful. And one of the sets that I found on here that I liked is the Spode Christmas Tree Dinnerware Collection. It just seems like a classic set that I would want to have for years to come. There's also another beautiful set from Wedgwood. It's the Wonderlust Dinnerware Collection. 
And if you're a little late decorating your tree, don't worry because you can still get ornaments. They have a couple different sections on the site categorized by style of tree. So there's one that's bold, bright, and classic. It's very traditional and lots of red. My style is a little bit more sparkly and shine. It's a glam tree, which I love because it's just like very cohesive and I love the colors. If you like something a little bit more colorful, there's a gem inspired tree that feels very regal. And if you need an activity to do together as a family, you guys can pick up this indoor electric s'mores maker. I love s'mores. It's like one of my favorite treats ever. And there's also little trays here that you guys can have to put out for Santa Claus. Hopefully that gave you a little bit of inspiration of what to get this holiday season. You can check out Macy's.com slash own your style for all this and more. That's Macy's.com slash own your style. And you work with amazing brands. You work with really great brands. So anyone who is listening who maybe wants to work with brands like you do, is there any advice you would give them to get on these brands radar? Totally. I mean, I'm still actively, I have goals of some brands that I want to work with. I think like entering luxury is like something that I'm I'm really working towards. And I think, side note, Emma does such a great job of being relatable and authentic and also working with luxury without being out of touch which is something I really want to balance. But I think the biggest thing that one can do to get on a brand's radar is reaching out. I remember I was, I had just started. I literally had 10,000 subscribers. This was way back when, and I didn't really have that many followers. I think now it's so easy to grow on TikTok. I've seen a lot of people build great careers and they don't have millions of followers. You don't need it. Everyone starts at zero. I think if you have, a product of the brand that you want to work with because numbers doesn't matter anymore. It's content. It's the content that you're creating. That's the biggest lesson I learned. Sending a DM, finding out what those emails are. I Like even on TikTok, I'm seeing people expose brand emails. I'm like, I mean, go crazy. And I literally myself used to pitch myself to brands. And that's like, hi, my name is Amanda Diaz. I'm a content creator. I do beauty and lifestyle content, whatever content that you do. If you want to work with the food company, if you want to work, it depends. But literally just reaching out, you never know who's going to respond to you. I remember just being so shocked. I was literally in high school. I was in my dance class. And I remember I sent out 100 emails that day and I got bites and brands started sending me product. And that really helped me at the time because I couldn't afford those products. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that because Makeup is expensive. I mean, that was what I was in. So I think just reaching out or doing a subscription box service. Like, for example, I did Ipsy for a year, like when I was like 15 years old. And that really helped me. A lot of the makeup I used in my YouTube videos were literally Ipsy products. This is not a sponsorship, but it's, you know, if you can't afford a a full size product, find a way to like make it happen. And a lot of those subscription boxes saved me back in the day because I couldn't afford to buy the full thing. So I think it's just reaching out, using the content organically, tagging the brand so they can see it. You have no idea. These social media people that work for brands are always looking for content to repost and repurpose. So I think it's it's really easy now. I think tagging the brand is really important because a lot of times you see people will do like a get ready with me and they have like 20 products, but they're not tagging the brand. So yeah. being someone who's on the brand side, if it's not tagged, like maybe I'll come across it. But just in case I don't, it's so important to tag them. Now on TikTok, you don't even have to put it in the caption. You can tag yes. everybody so that you're still getting the mentions so that you get on the brand's radar, whether it's for UGC or gifting or to be invited to an event. And I think even at the level that you and I are at, we're still doing things to get on brand's radar, 100%. even though we're not 
like everything that we post is not sponsored. It's like, I genuinely love these products or I want to work with this brand. So I'm buying this thing or sharing this thing because I want to show them love so that hopefully they want to do something yeah. in return. I think it's so interesting that, I mean, I'm so happy they did that because it was really hard to fit all the brands in a caption when I was doing a beauty video. But yeah, I think just getting on that radar, I have moments where I get turned down and rejection is a very real thing in this industry. And I think don't let that shut you down from continuing to reach out and continuing to, you know, show them love because at some point they'll bite. You just have to have that confidence that it'll happen for you. And definitely from a brand side, I'm sure you can agree that you guys see all, you know, the love that your consumers give you and like, oh, this is so sweet. Like I'll send you a package for like making this amazing video. Like this was so sweet. Thank you for supporting my brand. You know, and I think on TikTok, it's less about followers, like you said, because anyone's video can go viral. So just like if you're creating amazing content, like we want to send you stuff, we want to work with you because it may maybe your one video goes viral and then it has more views and somebody has way more followers. It's 100 percent the thing. And it's so interesting. And this is why I love TikTok. You do not need to have a large platform to get views. There's so many people, even from my high school, that get a viral video. And like I see them like, oh my gosh, like I grew up with this person. Look, they had like a viral video. That's so interesting. So I think also like that is the beauty of the platform and what keeps the platform alive. There's this hope that you can, you know, become a creator and a big creator. And it's it's so crazy. I and love I it. love it. I love it for that. I love seeing so many different types of creators too, that maybe we're having a really difficult time growing on YouTube or growing on Instagram where they have such a great platform now on TikTok because TikTok was helping you push your content out. A hundred percent. And I think also with the ever-changing algorithms of the world, I think I TikTok to me personally is my favorite platform. I like I like different platforms for different things. Like, for example, I love YouTube because that is my rawest form. Besides, that is my rawest form. I know people come to my channel because they love me and not because I'm like on their algorithm for a random reason. Like, I get the same consistent viewers and I know those are my people. And I'm the realist with them always. I'm starting to do that on TikTok. It's a little more daunting just because sometimes you will get put in a random person's like, for you page and they'll be really mean. And I I like Instagram, but I think Instagram right now and every creator has said this and I, I love Meta. I love the Meta <laughs> team, but it's really discouraging as a creator, the state that the algorithm is in right now on Instagram. So I think everyone's kind of like shifting to TikTok because you get so much exposure and you really like your followers see your content. I think on Instagram, yeah. my followers aren't even seeing my content, you know? Yeah. And it's so frustrating. A hundred percent. It's super it's, frustrating. It, it, it really affects your mental health also. Have you noticed that? I was having this conversation with someone that when your content doesn't perform or if you're, if an algorithm is messed up and, you know, a platform isn't showing things, you get really discouraged. It's frustrating. I think it's frustrating being a creator that works with brands because I'll post something. I know the content is amazing. And then it doesn't want to push the sponsored content out. And then I feel so like disappointed in Reporting my work back the to brand. the brand. Like, yeah. And I'm like, it's just because there was this ad hashtag on it and they like weren't pushing out the content. And because I'm like, there's no reason why this story would get this many views. And then this story. Have you noticed that? And I was literally talking to someone about this. When you put a link in your story now, it's shadow banned automatically. It tanks which is why, I don't know if you've noticed this now, when I say that I have a YouTube channel, I don't put the link. Mm. Because I have noticed I get half the views when I put a link. 
Interesting. And it doesn't matter if it's a sponsored link, a trackable link, any kind of link on stories right now is not performing. You think they just don't want you to like exit the platform? Yeah. Like they want you to stay on the platform. And I think also just like sponsored things, which is now why brands pay for usage to on the back end, promote it and pay for it. And they'll literally pay you as much as your rate for usage, which is a new thing. And it's, it's very nice because I know that my sponsored content will also perform well because a lot, I mean, I've noticed this, like a brand that I work with now is like working with TikTok to push out the content because they don't want it to tank. Mm-hmm. Brands are catching on and doing a really good job at doing it, but it's very discouraging because then these people are the ones that are paying your rent and paying right. your bills. And you're like, hey, this didn't, this didn't do as I had hoped, you know? Yeah. And then it's it's very unpredictable. Okay, so I want to end with a couple of things really fast because I know you've been reading a lot. Do you have a few favorite books that you've read recently? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I have to talk about this one. This was a year favorite. I could not put the books down. I'm not sure what kind of books you're into, but I heard about this series. It's called The Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. It's incredible. It's a six-part series right now, currently. And it's about like the Fae and it's it's definitely like not, you know, real life. It's fiction, but such a beautiful storytelling from different points of views. It has really good romance. It has really good plot. I don't know. It's amazing. Crazy plot twist. I could not put the books down. And I was flying a lot internationally this year, which was brutal, but very great. But I had a lot of 10 hour flights. That's all I read. I would literally, the books are like thick. So I would just like the entire flight to France, you know, you have to stay up just reading the whole book. Great series. I'm trying to think what else I've read that I really like. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, such a good book. Such a good read. I'm trying to think what else. Hmm. I recently read a really cute, well, It Ends With Us was great. It starts with us. Read last week. I just got it. I haven't started it yet. Oh my God. You're going to (laughs) die. So good. I like Colleen Hoover books. I know a lot of people say they're overrated. I personally really like them. Trying to think. There's a lot. Lots of books. What are you reading? What did you read last night? I finished The Inheritance Games and I have to buy the second book. What a plot twist. I was shook. I I get really good inklings about what's going to happen in a book. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, nah, that's so crazy. And then it happens. I'm like, whoa. And I think I also have this problem. I realized that buying books and reading books, two separate hobbies. Because I will walk into Barnes & Noble, buy a stack, keep it in my bookshelf, and it's like in my to-read list, and I haven't gotten to it. Sarah J. Mass also has another really great series, and I have started to read it, but I'm not super into it yet. Do you usually start a book and then finish it, or do you like bounce around between different books? It really depends, because recently— I will start a book and I'm like, oh, I'm not into it. And I'll jump into another book. But I'm usually a binger. Like I sit down and I will read the whole book in a sitting. That's that's what I, I usually do. And I don't think it's the most structured thing because I don't know if I'm going to sit down for an hour or four hours. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I, I was really reading Sarah J. Mass this year. But my to read list is to be continued. Amazing. So where can everybody follow you? TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> um, YouTube. Thank you. My Instagram and TikTok are both Amanda Diaz, as well as my YouTube. I don't really use my Twitter. I'm not going to post. Crazy. But thank you so much for having thank me you today. Thank you for coming on. Of course. 
Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.